unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. All right, welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach and a very special guest today. David, I'm going to let you introduce the guest and I'll play a fly on the wall, but I'll jump in if I have anything that I want to say. That's fair. Um, So our guest is John Buckin. Did I say that right? Indeed. Okay. Okay. So bonus bonus points for getting it right. Well, I I figure if I can learn people's names, I can correctly, I can screw everything else up and and still come out above water. Um, And it's worked out most of the time. Okay. Every now and then I'll find that person that doesn't accept any mistakes at all. Okay. So um, to our listener and listeners, everything you've heard about not using humor and copy, be prepared to reconsider it all because of our guest today, John Buchan. A few years ago, John freely admits, and I quote, I was desperate for sales after my word of mouth work dried up. And John continued, I got hellishly drunk one night and wrote a completely absurd cold email. I was still tipsy. Boy, you must have had a lot to drink. I was still tipsy the next morning and decided it was still a good idea to send it to pretty senior marketing directors at big brands. To my astonishment, it worked. I got the most amazing complimentary responses and requests for calls and meetings. Now, here is John's favorite response that he received. Quote, my colleague forwarded me your spam email, and we would like to meet you to discuss opportunities. So from his crazy drunk email, John has met with senior decision makers at companies including Red Bull, Pepsi, Symantec, Hewlett Packard, HSBC, Barclays, and countless other global brands, exciting startups, and regular old small and medium businesses. And since then, he's used the same style to get senior editors at large publications to respond to him and publish his clients' content. He also says he's used it to help people get as many job interviews as they wanted. And he's used it to meet people he really looks up to. So today he's going to share his story on the podcast. And first, though, I don't think there's anything at all funny about this. Copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear in this podcast. Most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims, and if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance, and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So, John, welcome and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Um, so first of all, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business, uh, what you do, who your clients are? And I, I know you have some offers. We will cover them in the end. So please don't spend too much time on them now. Uh, but tell us to the full story about the drunken email. Yeah. So um, I used to work at uh, London Digital Marketing Agencies sort of went from one agency to another and sort of quit my way to the top uh, while getting great results and built a lot of experience doing client work and uh, working for clients. 
And then after five years, I decided, <clears throat> I think I can do this uh, better myself. And me and my brother decided to start an agency. And for a year, everything was fine. All of my word of mouth leads, uh, you know, kept us going. Uh, I had staff to pay. Uh, and then all of those, <clears throat> pardon me, word of mouth leads dried up. And I, you know, that was worrying because I had payroll to meet. I didn't want to, you know, that, that it was really, you know, I didn't want that to happen where I couldn't afford to pay my staff. And I dealt with that in the mature way. Uh, the only way I knew how, I got blind drunk. And then for some reason decided to be accidentally very clever. And I wrote that email and, because uh, you know, I never studied copywriting. You know, I still to this day have not read a full copywriting book all the way through. So obviously all the stuff I was meant to do wasn't there. But what was there was joke formulas. So I loved comedy and I've watched comedy uh, from an early age, uh, especially all the way to my teens until like 4 a.m. in the morning, I'd watch on my little tiny TV in my room. Uh, so that's what came out when I wrote that email. It was joke formulas that came out. So upon you know, realizing that every time I sent this email to a new list of people, the same thing would happen. I'd get gushing responses and they would generally say yes to whatever my request was. I reverse engineered it and I saw, oh, yeah, that's that's what I'm doing. Is I can see that that's called the triple, the comic triple. I use the pair of three, but the last variable is funny. And so I was able to analyze what I'd done. And for ages, I kept this to myself because, you know, it was the best like business magic trick I'd ever come across. You know, I could always get money. You know, you can send an email to enough people, get enough responses, close enough deals. It was like magic. And then the ability to use it for other purposes, like getting journalists to cover you in big publications or to get my friends as many job interviews or to get my estate agent to fix something around my flat quicker than they ordinarily would. Uh, I realized I'd found somewhat of a magic trick. Uh, so I kept it to myself. And when you, people used to put scans of my letters on Twitter, um, uh, you know, at the time that used to distress me because I was like, oh, people are going to find out. Uh, but obviously now it works as very good social proof for me. Could you read us the email? We're all yeah, yeah I can I can do that. Now. One sec. If you search for the hashtag found the ferret on Twitter, <clears throat> uh, people can see the exact letters I was just speaking about. So I can I can read one out directly. Okay. One sec. The hashtag found the ferret on Twitter. So I'll read it out. Uh, greetings, Joe. You've never heard of me. Hi, I'm John. I got your details from a list. Gasp, but hey, at least you're list worthy. That's going to be worth something, right? Okay, let me get out to brass tacks. I'm writing to you from the office of Render Positive, a highly creative uh, advertising, marketing and advertising agency I run with my brother, Gary, and a team of 20 people far more talented than me. For over five years, we've run our, our own amazing agency, and we absolutely love it. It's a wonderful feeling to know we're, doing, we're not ripping clients off, and we're doing the best work of our lives. We're looking to win clients over to our side and away from those evil, okay, maybe not evil, but not as good other agencies. If you let me have a chat with you about your digital marketing needs, I will buy you lunch or coffee or tequila shots and promise to be somewhat entertaining. If you're lucky, I may even wear a top hat. First off, I'd love to provide you with some ideas you're free to steal. I've included a, a sticker containing a picture of a ferret that has been dressed up. According to the internet, his name is Colin. I trust this will charm you into submission. I'll be in touch on email when you least suspect it. Dun, dun, dun. I, I await your profanity-filled response. Have an absolutely wonderful day, John. Uh, and that is the letter. Well, that... And I used to send that exact copy in an email, except the, the, the ferret would be an attachment. And, um, and, and the ferret had a top hat, and his name was Colin. And we were talking before the show. That's all you know. There's, there's no backstory to ferret. Colin, oh, no, th th that's Colin the humor. Is basically that it is um, uh, in that line. I've attached a picture of a ferret that has been dressed up. According to the internet, <clears throat> his name is Colin. I trust that will, this will charm you into submission. So it's almost like saying, I trust this completely uh, absurd not relevant tactic is going to work. Just the assumption, like, you know, even the according to the internet, his name is Colin. It's like, yeah, I don't even know anything about this ferry. I just found him 
uh, put it in this email. And, and, and you're saying people, <laughs> yeah, I know it's insane. Um, you're saying people can find this email on fan on hashtag uh, fan the ferret. Uh, yeah, Twitter fan the ferret. Uh, hashtag fan the ferret. You'll see pick, uh, another get benefit of the sending these letters out. And I used to send these internationally. Um, is that not only did I get all these responses and obviously uh, new business, but also I have the uh, fun thing in my head that these stickers are all over the world now, confusing office workers. They're like, what are these stickers? Because now actually people stick them up in offices and stuff. So that's also a fun little side effect of my campaign. Oh, you, 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 made, a, you made a sticker. That, uh, yeah, yeah. So that, that was actually a letter. So I initially sent do you, it as a Do you email. have it? Can you show? Because we're recording this in video. I've, I've got, I used to have thousands of them, but there's one stuck on my laptop here. If you go and find the ferret, and you can see this used to the time I didn't like it when people did this. They put my letters up. So I was like, no, that's my magic trick. Uh, obviously, now this is really useful to me because if people ask if it works, I've shown them a load of social proof from, you know, ages ago from someone else who put my letter up. So it's like even the most conspiratorially minded people have to admit, OK, it might work. <laughs> so uh, there's the letter and the sticker. So I used to send this as an email and then I start sending it as for me because I didn't know anything about cold email. Obviously, the obvious way to increase the number of responses you get is to send follow-ups but right. i didn't know anything about cold email other than you know the, my accidental success here so my solution was oh i'll send a letter in the post and then i'll send a email a few days later that says sorry for the ferret in the post uh, and that worked really well for me so um, could could you tell us um i don't want to get into no. proprietary business details or none but could could you tell us um you know the the size of clients you could do it in dollars oh. or pound sterling or whatever just so people can get some kind of idea of, of what kind of business the, these letters along uh, yeah. top Samantha, look to our biggest, but, biggest client was Symantec, and that was um i remember the meeting when we won that and uh the, the, the head of marketing just let out yeah i've only got 100 grand this quarter can you do anything with that and i was just like I had to stop my face from smiling. So I was like, yeah, that was that was all fees. No ad spend or anything like that. I was like, yeah, I think we could do something for that. Just trying to hide my smile. Obviously, that was the biggest uh, That was the biggest deal we did. Uh, but then we won Hewlett back, back hard off the back of that. Um, uh, most of the deals I would say that we got were, uh, we would do a lot of project work, but our goal was retainers. And it reliably got us retainers from two grand a month to 10 grand a month. Uh, that was the kind of uh, price range that we were working to at the time. Uh, and then big projects as well, like Symantec wasn't really retainer work. It was, well, it, it was actually, it was quarterly. Um, and then that, but that was the biggest. So, yeah, you can get massive deals with it. And uh, I, I was able to get meetings with very senior people. Obviously, I couldn't always pull it off. You don't close every single deal, but it gets your foot in the door in some amazing places. Like, it really is amazing the people you can meet if you've got the right approach now. Do you have a problem with Kindle books? I do. Sometimes I really just want to hold a book in my hand so I can turn the pages and highlight stuff and make notes. That's one reason I recently released the print version of my book, Breakthrough Copywriting. And listen to this. On Facebook, I've gotten pictures posted from around the world. Pictures of people holding their printed copy of Breakthrough Copywriting in their hands, including one from an A-list screenwriter and marketer in L.A.'s famous Topanga Canyon. He was reading the book in his hot tub. Breakthrough Copywriting is a great book for you, whether you are a beginner or an A-lister yourself or anywhere in between. It costs a tiny, tiny fraction of my $5,000 a head seminar that the book is based on. So check out Breakthrough Copywriting on Amazon.com. Now, back to the show. 
Yeah. So did you get any negative feedback? Did people say, I don't ever want you to email me again, you awful person? Yeah, not as not as much as I, I thought. Like it really is over the years a small amount. Like as you can expect with any kind of cold pitching, you're gonna get some negative responses. And I've always said that's fair game because you are interrupting their day, even if it is an email rather than a call. So I'm like, that's actually fair game. My favorite negative response simply read, and this was years into doing it. So I've obviously got, you know, like made loads of money. I've got hundreds of, you know, positive responses. My favorite one was a, a few years in, it simply read, uh, congratulations on the worst sales and marketing email uh, I've ever received. And um, before I could email, even reply to him to inform him of his error, uh, he sent me another email saying, uh, but the irony is not lost on me that I replied to you. And then he, uh, we got into a nice conversation and it didn't lead to a deal, but he, he, he turned around. And uh, so obviously you'll get some of them just because you're interrupting the day. And some people will, uh, uh, you know, even better than that, actually, it's a, good, it's a good feature of this kind of approach is the people that reply with things like, you should be more professional in all capitals and exclamation points. You disqualify all those people. You never have to work with that kind, kind of client again. And you know that's the kind of client who's going to, you know, really make it difficult to pay your invoice. Like you've got to do every little bullet, you know, gets rid of all those types of clients, the, the stern, the self-important, the bland, they can go to your competitors. So it's, I think that's as useful a feature as the gushing responses is all the really crappy clients. They kind of, well, a portion of them, they put their hands up and reveal themselves, which is quite nice of them. Yeah. The, the market sort of sorts itself out, right? <laughs> I would actually a joke that I would love a, a, some kind of feature where I could give those leads to competitors in a kind of active industrial sabotage. <laughs> you, you do have a wicked sense of humor, don't you? <laughs> so, so what has happened as a result? Have, have you started, come, do you just use that one email? Is that it? Have you tr tried other ones? Have you tried other approach? Yeah, yeah, I did, did variations based on who I was like. So I did one for targeting PR or, uh, uh, communications directors that was in the style of a press release. So, it was, mm -hmm. uh, uh, so obviously they know that format. And it was a press release announcing the fact that I was sending them a cold message. And it was kind of a self-referential kind of onion article, but in the form of a press release. That worked really well. And I've obviously done loads and loads of templates now for all kinds of purposes. So as well as getting new clients, to get journalists to reply to you, to uh, upsell, to uh, try and find companies in your area that offer something complimentary to try and, you know, you can deliver leads to each other. There's loads and loads of asks and I've, put, I've built templates for, you know, as many things for cold prospecting as possible, but also managing client relationships, uh, inviting yourself on podcasts, anything you could think of, I've, I've created templates for. And um, that's my whole business now is I don't do any private client work. It's all the subscription. And uh, I'm really enjoying that business model. Um, I love the, I love the fact that I'm never going to be asked to do another amendment again. Oh, that's worth so much money to me. <laughs> that's good. Um, all right. Well, again, I, I do want to talk about that just a, a few minutes, but I, I want to address sort of the elephant in the room, probably not for you, but for a lot of the listeners to this podcast who are direct marketers, copywriters, direct response people, people who believe that um, it's it's okay to be funny when you're at the bar with your buds or whatever, but not not in marketing uh the old school rule is no humor in marketing if you want to get sales results now look i'm not arguing with reality you seem to be turning that rule on its head so can you talk about that and 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 maybe things you've discovered that don't work or that people shouldn't do or 
Yeah, I think there's one um, caveat, uh, uh, which is I think with life and death issues, if you're dealing with maybe medicines or medical devices or something that relates to life and death, I think that is an area that probably deserves the level of seriousness and somberness in communications. And even then, I might be wrong, but I, you know, it's good. I think with there, you know, I think that I'm sure there's funeral director humor, but we don't know about it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, funeral directors probably would stand to do really well after having a really outward and hilarious sort of marketing campaign. But that aside, um, that's the only caveat I found. I think uh, the, the the real the thing with humor is the, is the target of the humor. So obviously, don't insult your prospects. That should be obvious. And then also, uh, the best humor is self-effacing humor. So. Uh, you know, if you're mocking yourself or the situation, it's very hard for someone to be offended by that. Uh, and and self-effacing humor makes you, there's studies on this. Um, if you Google uh, studies on humor and persuasion, um, uh, the self-effacing humor makes you appear more credible and trustworthy. Uh, humor makes you more likable uh, and, and makes um, uh, ad campaigns with humor. There's a, a study on that where it enhances likability more than any other, you know, anything else that they've seen. So humor alone doesn't, create persuasive messages but it potentiates an already persuasive message so if you've got a crap offer all the humor in the world is not going to drive them into action but you can uh, go in with an offer and if it's done in the right self-effacing way the right combination of meek and direct uh, people like ambitious people but they also like it you know people are self-effacing this this combination is intoxicating as long as you're pointing the humor at yourself in the situation you're not insulting the client you're not another mistake i see people make is referencing say a celebrity and mocking them you're going to split your audience, especially if it's, say, in the States, the biggest example, Trump, half your audience is going to be one way, half the audience is going to be the other way. You want to do business. You know, you, you are doing yeah, your business. I keep making that mistake over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, you may wish to qualify. Obviously, if you do client work, that may be something you wish to disqualify and qualify. I don't know. Um, yeah. But that's what I bear in mind is uh, be self-effacing and say the most honest thing you can say. So the first line in my drunk cold email is something like, um, I got your, you know, greetings, Joe. You've never heard of me. I got your details from a list. Gasp. Hey, at least you're list worthy. That's probably something right. I actually say my name in there as well. So most people would completely avoid that fact that I've bought their data from a list. Instead, I mention it in the first sentence and then make a joke out of it that the very fact they're on a list makes them list worthy, which is the thing that I start from Simon well, it, it, It's funny. There was a very famous direct mail letter in 1964 that Newsweek sent out. I can't remember the copy writer's name right now it might have been ed mclean and uh it's it starts out uh, dear friend if the list i found your name on uh says anything you are the kind of person who would be interested in this so it's not like that's never been used but that wasn't yeah. humorous that was just like sort of disarmingly uh open yeah rory sutherland the vice chair of ogilvy told me actually really i had a meeting with him uh, ages ago, he's someone that I very much look up to, and he gave me that example. He said, "I remember a direct mail letter," and I was like, "I wonder if he's going to say that exact line." And it was that exact one. I'd like to look at that, you know, because he referenced it years ago, and it, I, I'm obviously interested in these things. That's an interesting way to start a uh, start a letter. Yeah, um, let me let me make a note. I'll, I'll, after the podcast, I'll see if I can find it for you. It's a it's a very famous letter among students of direct marketing. So, our, you know, okay, so you said. Um, be make the humor self-effacing and you know don't don't make jokes about celeb celebrities or anything else that could uh polarize your audience split them down the middle 
Do you have any other tips for people that we can use if we're going to venture out into this? So yeah, there's there's lots of junk formulas, and obviously you can um, if you go into my, uh, I'll give an example. It, there's more of these in my Facebook group, Charm Offensive. Uh, there's a tag called How to Be Somewhat Funny, and I give a, lo- a load of these out. Oh, okay, um, so that's Charm Offensive, yeah. um, and, and it's a Facebook group. And is it an open group? Do you have to get permission? Yeah, to join, you have to join and answer some questions. But uh, it's okay. a pretty, pretty group, and or you can go to charm-offensive.co.uk and. Uh, there's an opt-in there, so if you don't like Facebook, you can join my email list and get the tips that way. Uh, okay. But one of them is called the Comic Triple. So we all know about the power of three. Um, mm-hmm. You know, statements with in, in three is something more powerful about them and uh, that works. The Comic Triple is uh, basically just the power, the, power, the, 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 the power of three. They're using the triple to add the funniest or weirdest or most extreme variable on the third variable. So an example from my email is, uh, if you agree to meet with me about your digital marketing needs, I will take you for coffee or lunch or tequila shots and promise to be somewhat entertaining. So you got one bomb, and then the third one is the one that doesn't follow the pattern. So that one, granted, is not laugh out loud, stand up comedian funny, but it's funnier than most of the, you know, all the emails they're getting from all of the other businesses. The bar is not high. So even being just a little bit funny is much better than the uh, all of the other emails that prospects are getting. Yeah. I- and there's an implication too, right? I mean, tequila shots says you're a fun guy. <laughs> uh, and promise to be some, um, somewhat entertaining. I may even wear a top hat. Uh, but actually, the most important line, one of the most important lines is the one after, which is not a funny one, but it's uh, important, which is, I just, first off, I just like to give you some ideas. You're free to steal. And I had some feedback from someone saying that that made me realize that if I do agree to this call or it's meeting, I'm not going to be hard sold to. You know, I can, if, if I don't want to speak to this guy ever again, I'll come out of it with some ideas. I know this guy's creative because of his approach, got my attention. So they look at it in a different way. They're not, you know, that's why people often enthusiastically agree to these things is A, that they, you know, they, they like me. They've made them laugh. That's a great uh, first impression uh, because of the primacy, the primacy effect and the halo effect. People will automatically ascribe other positive characteristics to me. Uh, so by being funny, people think, oh, he's clever. He's resourceful. He got my attention. And then when it's combined with um, combined with the potential, sorry, for, you know, they're going to get something out of this conversation. They're going to get free ideas. Loads of people enthusiastically go for it because they, it's going to be an enjoyable call. I'll get something out of it. Uh, you know, there's a lot going on in just a few lines of copy there. Yeah. So th- there, there's, there's more than just being funny. It, and, and it's not like, I, hi, I want to show you how funny I am. Don't you think I'm funny? May I have some <laughs> applause, please? It, it's not like that. It's more like, hey, I'm going to break the ice, loosen things up. I'd like to get to know you, give you some real value, and maybe you'll want to hire me. And, of yeah. course, you're, so you're not doing that anymore. You have this Facebook group. Yeah, um, yes. I started Charm Offensive in March 2017. Uh, got myself out of some bad personal circumstances, and with the momentum of that, I decided for some reason, you know what? I should tell people about this. I've helped some, a lot of friends with it, and it's helped me massively. Mm-hmm. Started the group, and it resonated, you know, within... 30 days, we had 1,000 members. Now it's nearly 11,000. Uh, it started resonating people. People saw those screenshots saying things like, this is the best cold email I've ever received. I never reply to these, but I have to meet you. People don't expect that kind of res- screenshot from a, uh, you know, a reply to a cold, res- uh, cold email or a cold pitch. And uh, it took off. And then very quickly, I started making money from it. I started building ebooks and, and uh, uh, courses and trainings. Had to learn uh, direct response copywriting because, you know, I'm selling information products. There's a different psychology to getting people to click buy than there is to hit reply. Right. And uh, I, eventually, I, you know, I launched so many things 
because uh, at the time I needed the money, so I had to keep building new stuff and launching it. And then eventually I was like, oh, God, I've got enough stuff. I could just launch a subscription now, and I should. That would be more cost-effective for people. So I, about a year later, I, I think, yeah, March or April 2018, I launched the subscription, Charm Offensive Professional. We can get access to all my templates, all of my courses, all of my ebooks, everything uh, for, for, for a monthly fee. And uh, yeah, I, I love the business model. It's, it's and and you know, if we have someone who's ready to buy or ready to try for a month, do you have a a website uh, for the subscription, or do they have to get to that through the Facebook uh, group? Or how's that work? Uh, Charm-offensive.co.uk. That's .co.uk forward slash subscriptions. That's Charm-offensive.co.uk forward slash subscription, and uh, they can learn all about it. Okay. Well, I, I think this is awesome. It's definitely a fresh new approach. Let me ask you the gotcha question before we go. So in the direct response copy <clears throat> that you're writing to sell the templates, are you, are you serious as a heart attack in that, or is there humor well, there too? You know, I've, I've had the combination. So like, so usually there's a bit of humor, mostly at the top, at the start to build rapport. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there'll be a combination. So I, I build rapport on this humor and it's, you know, the, the, you know, it's not super hypey and, and serious, but I wouldn't, obviously I have gone too far before where it's, it's almost become a parody. Like <laughs> it's really, really, really funny, but people, you don't want to get to the point where people are going, is this a joke? You know, is he actually selling something? Then you've obviously gone way too far. And I have done that uh, granted only once. Now uh, that is something I'm improving more and more because there's elements of direct response that I don't use myself. Uh, and then there are, there are elements that I do, and I, I can get away with not being the best direct response copywriter because uh, there's other elements that I've got. Like I've got so much social proof of evidence my stuff works. I've mm -hmm. got uh, uh, you know that my products are you know instant. They you know people can use them. They can you know sometimes they can instantly work. It's quick. It's universally effective. I've got a lot going for me that does help me out. But I'm always trying to better that combination of using humor and direct response together. Um, but yeah, I'm new to digital response copywriting. I've only been um, selling information products for a, a few years, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah. Sure. And, you know, to be fair, you're selling something that's humorous. So you, you are, you're almost obligated, at least yeah. at the beginning, to open up with something light, if, if not hilarious. You know, I've always wondered, uh, it's very famous in publishing, the National Lampoon cover magazine from the 70s, where they have a guy with a gun pointing at a dog and they say if you don't buy this magazine we'll shoot this dog yeah. and I'm, I'm wondering how well that worked i mean these days peter would immediately have him ripped off of all newsstands but you yeah. know back in that's the anyway just just a thought so um no no dogs or or uh, ferrets were harmed in the making <laughs> no no not during this episode not during this one but <laughs> there is always the next one okay well john thank you very much uh, nathan uh, we miss anything one of the main takeaways that i got from this episode as a copywriter as a writer in general humor is very hard to translate just in the written word and it can often be misinterpreted i mean you go to facebook and you can see examples of somebody trying to crack a joke and somebody taking it the wrong way and and getting offended and uh just blowing up in the face and so communicating humor in writing is very difficult and if you do it incorrectly it can definitely make a sales letter bomb but i think we got a lot of examples of how to do it correctly and if people john if people want to go and check out more of your work and maybe start implementing some of this 
into their own copy. Give the name of the website one more time before we're out of here so people can check it out. Yeah, it's uh, charm-offensive.co.uk, charm-offensive.co.uk, or look for Charm Offensive on Facebook and there's a group. Uh, Those are the best ways. Awesome. Thank you very much. And if you're out there wanting to get more of your copywriting fix, check out copywriterspodcast.com. And until next time, we'll catch you later. Yeah, see you later. Thanks again, John. Thank you very much. See you later, guys. Before we go, a quick question. Would you like to have me as a guest on your podcast? Let me give you an easy way to contact me about that. We've put up a form on garfinkelmedia.com, and it won't take much more than a minute to fill it out. So if you'd like to have me on your show, just go to garfinkelmedia.com and fill out the form. That's garfinkelmedia.com. Thanks, and see you next time on the Copywriters Podcast. Brought to you by the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.